You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. The title of the message is simply The Way. The way. And I want to read from John chapter 14, verses 4 through 6. And Jesus said this. He is, let me set it up for you before we read it. Jesus was talking to his disciples about the fact that he was going away. He was going to go away for a while and he was going to come back. And so he comes to this point uh, in the passage. He says, And you know the way to where I'm going. But Thomas, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Then Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The way. The way implies direction. The way implies movement. And in my opinion, there, is, there are a few things more frustrating than realizing you have been going the wrong way. I don't know if you've been in a situation in life where you were certain that you were going in the right direction, but all of a sudden you realize it's the wrong way. I'm not going where I should go. This happened to Alini and I. We were in Birmingham, Alabama for the very first time. And we had a meeting at 8 a.m. in the morning at an office for, with an organization called Association of Related Churches, ARC. The organization that was training us and helping us plant this church. This is back in 2012. We were diligent. We were trying to do the right thing. We came in the night before. We were in the hotel. The baby was with the grandparents back in Houston. And we thought, let's leave early with enough time so we can grab a cup of coffee at Starbucks. So we did what we do now today. We grabbed our iPhone and we typed in the address. And off we went in the rental car in Birmingham, Alabama, hunting for coffee. And we got there, and it was a gate, a wired-fenced gate with a note that threatened our lives. If you cross this, we are not responsible for what might happen to you. I don't know if it was a military something. It was something. But it was not a Starbucks. There was no drive-through. There was no, and I'm like, what just happened here? All right, let's search for it again. Alini keyed it in, and off we went. All right, there's another one down the street. It's on the way. Let's just go that way. And we pull up on the parking lot. Lo and behold, it's a KFC. <laughs> Who wants chicken at 8 in the morning? No coffee. We're like, all right, should we give it another try? Another try? You know the saying, right? Fool me once, shame on, on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. We're going for the third. <laughs> so she keys it in again, and we try again, and we get to this third spot that's supposed to be a Starbucks, and it's an office building, like a three-story office building with parking lot underneath. And we pull up, and we're like, there's no Starbucks in there. Now, the frustration of using a system that's not working is intense when you're looking for coffee but when you realize <laughs> but listen when you realize that you are relying on it to navigate a new town and it dawns on you 
how do we even know that we're in the right street? If it can't find a Starbucks, how is it going to find the Association of Related Churches? Oh, my goodness. You know what had happened? Apple had taken over Google Maps. And remember the transition with Apple Maps? We were trusting Apple Maps. And I'm not dogging on Apple Maps. Disclaimer. I want a lawsuit. Maybe we'll cut this from the recording. No, we won't. But it took us to the wrong direction. There are a few things more frustrating than finding out, realizing you are going the wrong way. You know, that's a silly example of actual directions. But think about it on another level in your life. You know, I don't know if you've been there. Maybe you, you wanted to start a class. And that class promised to give you the knowledge that you needed. It promised to give you what you were supposed to learn. And then you found out it wasn't it at all. And you just had to pay and... That was it, a waste of money and time and energy. Maybe it was a business investment that you either got together with or put your money in and it was not a good idea. It was a bad idea. Maybe it was an investment in a relationship. Put your heart into it. You made promises. Maybe you even said your vows. And then the relationship turned abusive. And it was not healthy. And it was not good for you or for the other person. And you had to end it. And you look at yourself, and I thought I was going in the right direction, but it was the wrong way. There are a few things more frustrating than realizing in life that you were going the wrong way. And I don't know where you are here this morning. I don't know what brought you here. I don't know what, where you find yourself this morning, but it is my heart, and it is our heart, from our leadership team, from our church, from the people here, it is our heart. That you may be sure in your heart of hearts that your spirit, that your life is pointing in the right direction. That you are living in the right way. That you are engaged in the right way. It is our heart and desire that you may leave here today knowing that you are on the right path. Regardless of where you find yourself this morning. You might be wounded or you might be well. You might find yourself in a situation where you are filled, you are full, or maybe you're empty. But the main thing here today for you is to know that that you are going the right way, in the right direction. Because if you do that, everything else will resolve, will follow uh, your direction. See, we're all going somewhere. We're all on a path every single day. Even if you are going nowhere, you are going somewhere. Even if your somewhere is nowhere, you are going somewhere. You are on a trajectory. Your life is pointing somewhere. And I want to spend some time today talking about the way. Because it's important for every single one of us here to know that our lives are living, or we are pointing our lives in the right way. That we're spending our time and making investments to live. To live in the way. And there are a few things that we want to glean from the scripture stories. Because Jesus said, I am the way. And we got to learn a little bit about, about how, what that means. Uh, we're going to look at one of the, the scriptures. One of the, 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 the messages is known as the Sermon of the Mount. And we're going to look at a passage in a little bit. But the Sermon of the Mount is, is a passage that is in Matthew chapter 5. It goes all the way through chapter 7. And it's found also in Luke 
And it's known to us as a Sermon of the Mount as if it's a message that Jesus preached once and moved on. But some scholars believe, a lot of people believe, that this was a message that Jesus preached again and again and again. It was the message of his life. That every time the scriptures say, and Jesus was teaching, or Jesus was talking, and Jesus was it meant that he was preaching something along these lines. And in Matthew's account, Jesus summarizes. He basically comes to the end of this message and he brings up this picture for you and I today, talking about the way. Matthew 7, chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 12 through 14. So whatever you wish that others do to you, do also to them. For this is the law. And the prophets, and he continues, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. In other words, what Jesus was doing here is summarizing the law and the prophets, which is basically the entire Old Testament. He's saying, if you do unto others... As you wish it would be done unto you, you are fulfilling the law. If you love one another, you are fulfilling the law. If you love others as you wish to be loved, you are fulfilling the law. But here is another thing that I want to add. Here's another thing that I want to bring it to you. And he continues with this picture of two gates. A narrow gate and a wide gate. And this, this is a picture like many other uh, pictures that Jesus painted, many other parables. It was something that was vivid and known to the people in his time. It was something that was not uh, uh, elusive or uh, uh, strange to them. For you and I here today, it might be a little bit more difficult for us to visualize. But for them, it was something easier to visualize because towns and cities back then, they all had gates. They had walls and they had gates. And there were two types of gates in cities. There was the wide gate, the big gate, and there was the narrow gate. When the wide gate was open, anybody could come in. They didn't have to be known. Anonymity was okay. You can just come in. Nobody has to know that you're there. You go in, no commitment. There's no accountability, no heart check. Your intentions were not checked and you just go in, do whatever you need to do. When you get out, the gate is open. It's easy. But the narrow gate, which is also described as the eye of the needle, was a smaller gate. Sometimes inside the, the, the wider gate, but sometimes just carved in the wall of the city. And for you to go through that gate, you have to identify yourself. You have to come up to the guard and, and tell your intentions. You can't go in in anonymity. Your intentions in your heart have to be revealed. And Jesus compares. He compares the way that he's introducing. He compares the way of life that he is bringing to the world. The kingdom of God as this kind of gate. A gate where there is a revelation of who you are. And this is important. We're going to explore this. A gate where when you come to it. You are seen for who you are and your intentions are revealed. And he says, this is not the easy way. This is not the easy way. This is the hard way. See, the easy way 
means that you, only, you can only care about yourself. The easy way means you take care of yourself and you can forget the world. The easy way means you go about life just worrying about number one. But he says, see, that way it might look easy, but it's a way to destruction. You are not going to achieve your purpose. The narrow way, true life, is found in the road less traveled. In the path that is seldom taken by the masses. In the path that many times will lead you to what is difficult instead of what is easy. And that sometimes is our lives. Now, I, wanna, I want us to discover, and we're going to look at another passage here, a few things that this way of life uh, does to us. There are three things that I want to highlight today about the way of Jesus. And the first thing is this, identity. The way of Jesus will cause you to discover your identity, who you are. The second thing is your reality. That's where you are in life. It'll give you a picture of where you find yourself. And the third thing that the way of Jesus will reveal to you, will show you, is why you exist. That's why the way is important. The way matters. In Luke 5, we're going to go to it in a minute. There's a story of the Apostle Peter when Peter first met Jesus. And we see these three elements in that encounter of when Jesus uh, met Peter and when they met each other. Now, Peter was mar a married man. He was a fisherman. And that was his path. That was his way. As a fisherman, you know, he, he had his business. He had two partners, James and John. And they had a couple of boats. And, you know, business was good. Catching some fish. Selling some fish in the market and, you know, things were going all right until, until a day when a preacher come to town, came to town. And preacher came to town and that's when Peter just met Jesus because that's what Jesus was doing. He was going from town to town to town preaching the good news. And this is where we pick up on the story. Luke chapter 5 verse 2 through 6. Then we're going to read 8 and then 10. And, 11. and he saw two boats, that's Jesus, by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, that's Peter, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we told all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down on Jesus's knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Chapter uh, verse 10. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid from now on. You will be catching men. And when he had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Now, I love this story. I love this story because this is the story of so many people I've met. And perhaps this might be the story of you here today. Perhaps this is a similar synopsis of what happened to you. Maybe you were living your life. You were laboring. You were doing what you can. You were doing your best. You were giving uh, of, your, of your talents and resources into the business or the occupation. And sometimes you saw progress. 
And sometimes you didn't. Sometimes you could see a lot of success. Sometimes you didn't. And this was one day where Peter didn't see a lot of success. He couldn't really quite, quite read the data. He couldn't really quite look at the weather and the sea and figure out when the fish were there. All the fish ran away from him and he was frustrated. It was one of those days where, man, we went out, we spent all these hours, all this investment, and now we're cleaning the nets and all we're getting is weeds and rocks and things and nothing, nothing happened. That was Peter applying the best of his intentions, applying the best of what he had and trying to make it on his own. But something interesting happened in that story. Because when Peter encountered Jesus, and this is what happened, uh, there was a lot of people at the shore of the sea. And that's why Jesus went on the boat to preach. And, and the scripture doesn't say whether Peter stayed in the boat with Jesus or whether Peter went back to the shore. But Jesus was in Peter's boat. And certainly he heard what Jesus had to say. Uh, uh, Peter heard what Jesus had to say. And it probably sounded something like the Sermon of the Mount. It probably sounded something like, hey, you got to love another person like you wish to be loved. Hey, the narrow gate is the way. The narrow way is the way to do. Few are those who walk through it. And Jesus was preaching and teaching the crowd and explaining what the way was. But when he was done, he looked at Simon and said, hey, I want you to let down the nets. And Simon heard Peter heard Jesus and did what Jesus asked him to do. But something powerful happened when he realized that Jesus was not just a master, but that Jesus made a miracle happen. He falls down on his knees and he says, I'm a sinful man. Instantly, he, he not only realizes who Jesus is, but he realizes who he is. Because of the presence of Jesus, when he comes in contact with the way, his identity was revealed and he saw himself. He saw the reality of who he was and he didn't like it. He didn't like it. He fell on his knees and he said, Lord, depart from me. Here's what I find interesting from this story that we learn. Is that when, when Peter did that, when he fell on his knees and said, I'm a sinful man, he confessed the reality of his heart. Jesus didn't push him away. Jesus didn't say, oh, you go sacrifice some goats or go kill some animals and, and purify yourself before you come near me because I'm a holy man. You know, Jesus didn't do anything, anything close to that. What did Jesus say? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. In other words, there is a new identity in your life. There's something new that will be revealed in you. And this is what I want to bring to you guys. Maybe you're here today. And maybe whether you are new to this. Or whether you've been doing this life for a while. There are certain things that come to light when you come in God's presence. There are certain things that come to light when you begin to follow the way. There are certain things that come to life when you come in contact with Jesus. With the way of Jesus. Maybe you come here on a Sunday and you listen to the songs and you feel accused. 
Maybe you come here and you listen to the words and, you know, we try to keep it hopeful and positive and bless you and offer you the forgiveness of, of Jesus. But on the inside, you feel like, I shouldn't be here. I'm not really uh, the person for this kind of environment. Maybe you go to a connect group and you hear other people talk about, you know, their prayers and how God is blessing them and this and that. And you feel like, that's not me, you know, I'm a sinful person. There's a realization of where you are and the reality that you are. But you have to trust and understand that the way of Jesus doesn't leave you the way you are. The way of Jesus takes you from where you are to a place of where you should be. It takes you to where you should be. And if you have been living with an identity like Peter. Thinking of yourself as someone who's not worthy. Thinking of yourself as someone who is not capable to have a relationship with God. Thinking of yourself as somebody who is not able to receive a blessing from God or to encounter Jesus. And to reveal yourself for who you really are. Thinking that you're, the only way that you can enter the city is by the, the, the wide gate. Because if you come to the narrow gate and you have to reveal yourself and your intentions in your heart, you're, you're going to be rejected. Here's what I want to tell you this morning. You know, your identity, who you are, is not only determined by where you come from. It is determined by where you are going. Your identity is determined by where you are going, the direction of your life. And your identity can change. If you see yourself as somebody who is less than, someone who has been cursed, somebody who has limitations, that can change. That's not who you are. Jesus can give you a new identity because your identity is determined not only by where you come from. It is determined by where, by where you are going to. And that's what happened to Peter. Living life as a fisherman, he could hide the things that made him uncomfortable, the things that made him unworthy. He could hide behind that. He could hide behind his profession. He could hide behind the responsibility of being a family man. But when he came face to face with Jesus, he couldn't hide it anymore. Now, the comfort that we find is that when Jesus sees our reality, he doesn't leave us the way we are, but he reveals our purpose and what we were made for. And there he was, Peter, standing by the narrow gate. And that was a crucial moment. Now... There's an application from this message uh, that Peter, that caused Peter to react a certain way. Not only him, but James and John too. And you might be here asking and wondering, how can I discover a new identity? How can I move into this new life? How can I become born again? How can I get rid of some of these old things that are clinging to me? How can I get rid of my baggage? How can I forget the past? How can I forgive people that have hurt me? How can I, how can I move beyond these, these places or these uh, uh, thoughts or these ideas that are limiting me and keeping me back and holding me back? How can I move Beyond it. See, the way of Jesus is wonderful and it's beautiful because it's available to all. And there is one single thing that you need to do. And it's an invitation that he did, that he made again and again to others. And the invitation is very simple. And he made that invitation to Simon Peter and to John and to his disciples. The invitation is simple. It's follow me. 
That's the, that's the thing that you need to do. That's how you engage in this new life. That's how you leave things behind. That's why you come clean to God and you come clean with who you are. You need to get rid of anything that might be holding you back. And you can be yourself. And you can find your new identity. And you can overcome the past. And you can find new life within to follow. Now, this is a couple things that I want to mention about following that I love. I love what I love about following is that it doesn't require any kind of special task. Imagine or, or a talent. Imagine if Jesus said, "Only tall people can follow me," or the way of life is only for the men, the men who are strong. <laughs> Somebody wants to rebuke Satan back there. <laughs> Or the way is only for people who are good with numbers, right? Or maybe only for people of a certain race. Or maybe only for people who have money. Or only for people who have access. Or only for people who have power. Follow is the best way that Jesus showed his grace and his availability to everyone to come to him. Just follow me. Now, following requires action. Like I said, following requires an activity. It's an exchange. Following means that you discover this way as you go. You got to give up a certain things to follow, right? As you go, as you engage, you follow. And I believe that there's, there's a new concept in, nowadays because of internet and uh, social media where we are losing the active aspect of following. More and more, we, we think in our minds as following has, be, has become or is becoming just observe. You know, just, just like, repost, share, critique. Add in my 20 cents without being asked. <laughs> to follow means I'm going to observe this. And if I like it, I go. If I don't like it, I don't go. I can skip. I can hide. I'm following. Yeah, I'm observing. But following in Jesus' way meant you got to act. You got to take a step. You got to follow. And here's a picture of what following means or, or, or following looks like. When Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he said this when he was talking about being born again. John 3, 8, he said, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. What is he saying? That when you decide to, be, to follow Jesus, when you become born again, you are surrendering the direction of your life. The wind, meaning the Spirit, will begin to guide you. And you might not really know where it's going to take you. You might not really know where it's going, where your life is going to go. But if you surrender and you trust, you will discover the way of life. And some of you here today, you're clinging on to your life so tight. Because you are afraid that if you let go, God is going to take things from you. But Jesus didn't come to take things from you. He came to give you life. He came for you. And if you let go and allow God to take you, and if you make that decision to follow, and you allow him to take you, he will take you places that you've never dreamed of. You know, here's a couple that you see every Sunday stand on this stage, tell you about 
these things, and, but we've lived it. You know, I'm a boy from the country in Brazil. The village I was born in wasn't even a town. And here I am, you know, some 18 years old, get an invitation to go to Connecticut to visit a church. And I'm like, all right. My dad goes, all right, that's going to be your 18 year old, 18th uh, birthday present. It's like, okay, I'm going to go. And I go by myself. First time on an airplane, flying to Maine for a spring break camp. And then I meet a gorgeous lady who is serving in the camp, leading there. And uh, something, something, something. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Little Seinfeld reference for you. And we get married. And we find ourselves a few years later moving to Texas. Houston, Texas. Who knows? What's in Houston, Texas? People would ask me, what's in Houston? I don't know. I just feel God sending us to Houston. Like there's a conviction that we're supposed to move to Houston. There's something in Houston that is going to go down. The wind is blowing us over there, okay? I don't know where this wind is coming from, but we're going there. We're going to follow Jesus' promptings. And there we are in Houston. You know, left my whole family. I was the only one here in this country. Alini's family was here. She has an extended family here too. And there we are in Houston, Texas. And things begin to develop. We, you know, find the church, get involved. I was a youth pastor in Brazil. Now in Texas, I'm nobody. Nobody knows my dad. Nobody knows my family. I don't walk into the mall and meet 20 people. I walk into the mall and I meet no one. And I don't know how to speak English. So it's like, uh, <laughs> number one. McDonald's know how, how it goes, you know. Don't put in words there. Just let him order with a finger. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> but, you know, life began to develop. And all of a sudden we got involved in the ministry and you know, we are ordained as pastors, and then we thought, this is it. We're going to retire here. This is a great ministry to be a part of. And the wind began to blow. And began to blow and move us to Connecticut. What did we do? Let's follow. Can you trust God? Can you trust God with your life? Can you trust Jesus? Can you trust the way with your life? Can you trust Him with your future? Can you trust Him with your present? Because that's what the way is about. And that is the hard part about it. The hard part about it is that you don't know what's going to happen. But that's what trust is about, isn't it? If you know, that's not trusting, that's knowing. But if you don't know, and you trust, you will see what God can do through you. I went with this thought and the keyboard can come in to make things more spiritual. When Jesus was at the end of his ministry and he shared that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He was telling his disciples that he was going somewhere and that they knew the way there. They already knew the way there. And, and Thomas you know, Thomas, the same guy who said, I don't believe he's risen until I touch him. Pragmatic Thomas, practical Thomas. Jesus, we don't know where you're going, man. How do we know the way if we don't know where? How do we know the way if we don't know where? How do we know the way if we don't know where? And sometimes we spend so much time 
trying to find the where when God is trying to show us the way. Tell, tell us, Jesus, where? Where are you taking me? Just follow the way. Just take the step. Just follow the way. Don't worry about the where. Let the way transform you. Let the way change you. Let the way move you. Maybe you're here today and you're like myself. You're in your 30s. You have no idea what's going to happen in five years. Maybe you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s. You have no idea what's going to happen the next year because you're like, I, I make plans, but every time I make plans, things change. Every time I think of doing something, you know, life throws a curveball and you got to adjust. Focus on the way. Because if you listen to Jesus and you decide to follow and you engage in the way, the where will be revealed to you. See, he said, I am the way. I am the way. See, the way is not a path. The way is a person. The way is not a map that is tidily mapped out to you and described and points one, two, three, four, five, like you get on MapQuest. The way is a person. And the way you enter into the way, the method is by following. It's by having a relationship. See, the beautiful thing about following the way is that you get to be known by God. You get to come to the narrow gate and say, here's who I am. Here's my intention. I'm a sinful person. I've, I haven't been perfect, but I want to walk in. And if you're afraid that you will be rejected, listen to Jesus' words. Don't be afraid. From now on, your purpose will be, be revealed to you. You will be catching men. In other words, I will use every single ability that you have to change somebody else's life and to make the world better. See, that's the, another omission about the way and to be born again. Is that people who are born again, who are transformed, begin to transform the world around them. People who receive the life of God begin to share the life of God with people around them. And when I see you, I don't see people who come to God because you need uh, transformation or because you need certain change. or because I don't see just that. I see people who are here, who are being changed, who are being transformed, who are being, receiving God's life. And because you are being changed, transformed, and receiving God's life, that is going out of you like a beacon. And you are changing your friends at work. You are impacting your family at home because you are loving, you are forgiving, you are blessing, you are encouraging, and you are a beacon of light in this community. And that's what we are called for. Do you receive it this morning? Thank you.